Jewish Board Talk with Sharice Zaffert. My guest up today, right now, and I'm happy to have you, and I'm happy you agreed, is Tavo Mlangeni, who is um, Chai FM's absolutely everything in the entire world, from what producer, presenter, technical person. Tavo, welcome. Hi, Sharice, how are you? We've been delaying this for such a long time, but today it's finally happening. Yes, every time I see you, I say, Tavo, please be my guest. <laughs> yeah, can you do it? Can you do it next week? And uh, you know what, but today I think um, it's one of those days where it just had to happen. It had to happen. It's cold yeah. outside and we need a warm conversation to keep us kind of sustained. We hope to give people that warm conversation. <laughs> Tavo, so you and know, I have literally crossed paths. On a Friday and other times when Chai FM has a function, mm-hmm. you've been at the station from since 2010, yes. and you do just about everything here. Yeah. What is your interest in radio? You know, funny enough, Sharis, I did not have interest in radio at all. And um, like growing up, I, I knew what I wanted to be, and radio was one of those things that was sort of like. Um, my grandmother, who had a huge influence on me, used to say, you talk too much, maybe you should be on radio. It was one of those things. But it was not something that I wanted to do, something that I, I had interest on, because I just wanted to do become and be a chartered accountant. Right. That's all that I wanted to do. But when all that failed, I then said, okay, well, where can I go next? They used to say... I talk too much, I, I should be on radio. <laughs> so maybe I need to fall back on that. And uh, it turned out to be interesting. And uh, seven and seven years, couple of months now, I'm in the game. You talk about the influence that your grandmother had on you. You were born in Amosfort in Mpumalanga. Yes. What? W- tell me about Amosfort and where you were born. You know, it's funny how uh, it's funny how people actually think they 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 skip the part. Uh, they skip the Mpumalanga part when it comes to uh, travel as a whole. They just start from KZN and move forward. Because of I'm one of those. I'm I'm I'm, I'm I come from Pumalanga, Grew up there. From I, I was born there. I only moved when I was uh, eight years old okay. to KZN. But um, Amersfoort is such a small place. So you've got like a semi townish kind of an area and then you've got semi kind of um township but it's not it's it's kind of township to them it's township mm-hmm. but when you realize what township is you you then say oh that was not township but i don't come from both of those i come from the farms right. where it was like the whole clan has it was just us and then our next door neighbor maybe was in Sentin. So I come from that kind of setup. So it's very rural. Very, 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 very. I come from a place where I didn't even know what a car was right. up until I had to accompany my grandfather to to go and get his social grant. And then that's when I realized, I was like, okay, and then what's happening here? So imagine... How having, old were you? I was uh, seven at the time. So you, so for the seven, the first seven years of your life... Didn't know what a car was. It was... Okay, so did you live... Where, and, and did you, was it subsidy living? Did you grow and what you ate? You, you know, uh, the only thing that we, we ate, obviously we, we had lot, lots of chicken. I think mm-hmm. 350 to 500. I don't know the exact amount, the exact number, but we had lots of chicken and we had, uh, the cows is the one that I know because <laughs> I was like the chief of cows. Uh, I was, uh, trusted with that task. Uh, cause every morning, 
when you open the crawl, you have to count the cows. Yeah. So I learned to count at an early age. Right. Age five, I was good at counting because of my grand, my great, it, it's, it's not actually my grandfather, it's my great grandfather. Wow. Um, so he was a teacher. And then so he was teaching all these men in the village how to count so that they would be able to count the sheep right. in the farm. So um, I happened to be one of those that he decided to recruit early and started teaching me how to count using uh, five cents and cents because he had lots of like. <sighs> Sense like maybe a five liter worth of five cents, and then you'll have to count and say how much is it. So if I account right, he would reward me with like a piece of chocolate. Yeah. Now I come from rural area. Chocolate it comes once in a decade. <laughs> so that's how I learned to count fast. So I would count cow- cows, and uh, yeah, so I was a chief of cows. <laughs> I can understand why you would want to become an accountant, though, after that kind of basic Maybe training. Maybe that training. I never, look at, I never looked at it that way. Yeah. So your first eight years, were they happy? Were, were you a happy child? Was, happy life. Were you living in like um, a large family together with uncles and aunts and cousins? and Very large because of, uh, remember this family, like everybody stays here. Your extended, extended right. family members. A clan. It, it, Could you use a, the word clan? It's, uh, let's, let's use like a, a, a simple example that people would understand. We had something, some sort of like in Okay. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> a homestead. But Unfortunately, ours no was not modern. <laughs> <laughs> Yours was just a husband. So you, you'll spend a week without seeing your cousin. Really? That's how, it, how, so how big. big it was. And then what happened when you were eight? So when I was eight, uh, my stepfather decided that I need to go, uh, I need to move from Pumalanga to KZN because it was easy for him to support me, but it was hard for him to support me when I was staying like with my father's side. And he wanted to like give me education. That was his idea. And then I was moved to KZN and then I stayed there for four years. I failed grade five and then they realized that, okay, since I failed grade five, my mom took it very, very personal and said, boy, you better come to Jobek. Like, have to be in my hands. Then that's how I, I came to Joburg. Tabo, before we come to Joburg, I'm going to revisit KwaZulu Natal and kind uh-huh. of what what you experienced. Was it a culture shock? But before then, I think this is a good place to take our break. But before we take our break, can I tell you? Jewish Board Talk with Sharice Zaffert. And I'm talking to Tabo Mlangeni from High FM and just learning a little bit more about my colleague who for the last kind of 10 years or so we've been walking past each other and wanting to know more but never having a chance. Tabo, you moved from a very rural um, Amashfurt into KwaZulu-Natal. Where in KwaZulu-Natal did you go to school? In Beckville. So I went to, uh, I went to Beckville. And actually moving from... Uh, Amersfoort, moving from Pomalanga to KwaZulu-Natal, had its own terms and conditions, <laughs> by the way. Part of the terms, it was that when I moved to KZN, because of that's my stepfather's side, uh, I would have to now start using my mother's surname, right. which is the Mlangeni that you're talking about. Right. Because it was no way that I was going to move there and then with uh, and be an outsider. Right. So at least when I'm using my mother's surname, it's easy to relate for the kids not to like look at me in a funny way. Right. So yeah, but um, I'm, I'm my 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 surname, which I'm going to change very soon, 
Hey, I'm announcing Andre. Ah, for the first time, I'm high of him. Tabo's real surname. Uh, so my surname is Shabalala. I'm not Tumlangan. Langan is my mother's surname. So you want to formally claim back kind of an yeah, original? It's about time. It's about time. It's about time. So it was it was nice growing up, except for the fa- in KZN, except for the fact that uh, you know it was the same as Bumalang uh, when it comes to the distance to school. Right. And when I hear people complaining about walking to school about a kilometer and a half, I'm like, really? At the age of seven, eight, nine, up until 12 years old, I was walking something like 15 kilometers to school, 15 back. So, and it was just a normal thing. Summer, winter. In summer, you get dehydrated. In winter, you're freezing. Mm-hmm. Either way, it's the it's same. Horrible. Yeah. So there are no advantages, no disadvantages. I remember when we were coming back from school as a child, you will start taking off your school clothes while you were at the distance. <gasps> so by the time you get home, you just put on um <laughs> the other clothes and you start eating. And then you came to Johannesburg. Was that a was that a culture shock for you? Coming to Johannesburg, the first thing, cause I came to Joburg, it was a Sunday night. So we, we, we got to Joburg, I think it was, it was, uh, 12 o'clock midnight. Wow. Cause it was a, a situation where I was kind of like stolen. Although they, they were expecting it. So I went to play. My mother came to visit my aunt from my stepfather's side. And then, out of the blue, we, 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 we like, fine, we're going to wake up in the morning, I'm going to go to school, and then when I come back, my mom's not going to be there. And then in the middle of the night, I see bags coming out from under the bed, oh. and then we told that we're leaving. Wow. And then I came, I come to Joburg, everything, they, they, they've arranged everything, school, everything. And when I got to Joburg, now I have to go to school. The first thing, so there was a, a granny that my mom was friends with. So she was the one who was tasked with taking me to school. Hmm. So I'm looking at this old woman. I'm like, is she going to be able to walk for 15 kilometers? <laughs> and to my surprise, we walked two and a half minutes and we were there. Wow. And I was like, the first thing that I said to her, she reminds me today whenever she sees me. And she would say, Remember, you once told me that you can actually crawl from home to school because that's how shocked I was. And even the setup, electricity, all those things, there was just too much. Was it uh, difficult for you to adjust or was everything very exciting and new? Because of I was a very energetic child. How old were you at this, eh? this uh, time? Twelve. Twelve, okay. So I was a very energetic child. So it was easy to fit in, although, I've, uh, you know, obviously when you... Too hyper, you will obviously <laughs> fall. You'll be the victim of the wrong group. So I mixed up with the wrong crowd, and um, you know. So, uh, but just language-wise, I mean, uh, what language did you speak at school? Uh, I was speaking Zulu. Oh, even in Johannesburg. Yes. What school did you go to? I went to Kandubutha Primary School. Which is where? In Pimvel. Okay, so you yeah. moved to Soweto. Pimble, and there were others who could speak Zulu because otherwise all of us we in that school in, 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 a, so this is how the setup is school. in primary all the all primaries it's either if you speak Sotho all of you guys are doing Sotho okay. and then they only mixed you in high school okay yeah so you had a, a chance to acclimatize so I had a chance because of all of us we were speaking Zulu although there were some other words that I, I, I didn't understand and I came with my foreign words as well so now and again you know I will have to get an explanation as to okay but what do you, what do you mean by that 
and I sent. And then when I went to high school, that's when I, I was like, even like, yeah, still in primary, you know, when you go and play with other kids, then you start to, to understand that, okay, oh, there's another language, there's another language, there's another language. By the time you get to high school where they mixed you, then you, you are aware that there are Zona people, Sutu okay. people, and Kosa people. And what was your schooling like? Did, did it work? Your mum took your failure uh, very seriously, very personally. She brought you to Joburg. How did that impact on you? I never failed, ever. Okay. Ever. Do you think it's because you were just two minutes away from your school as opposed to a 15 kilometer? It was because walk? of I saw what the me failing, the disappointment in my mom. I saw it and then I, I realized that I should never do it. I can do other kids. I can be, I can do other things. Like I was a naughty child, very naughty. Uh, you said you're hyper and mixed with the wrong crowd. Very, what, do you, what do you mean so by that? Imagine that combination. <laughs> so I mixed up with the, with, with kids that were out of hand. And for me, because of I'm new in Houting, it was like the way to be. And, you know, they they were the bullies in school. And I was like, okay, that means protection, I'm sorted. So I mixed with that crowd and then it carried through up until metric, but I managed to then change my life around. Hmm. Fascinating. Tabo, you, you spoke about growing up in an extended family. Do uh-huh. you still have contact with your extended family? And what are your relationships I still do, and that's the reason why I'm always I'm always broke most of the time because of <laughs> you have to take care of them. <laughs> so I'm still in touch with them, very intimate. Um, every month, like um, I make sure that I at least make five calls to each. And during December holidays, do you? Where that's do you the go difficult up? part. Yeah, that's the difficult part because everybody is expecting you, and now that you sort of like um, contributing. Um, in, in their well-beings, they expect to see you, just to, to appreciate your presence. And Bumalanga to, to Begville, that's quite a distance. Yeah. So you cannot cover that. That's why every time when I go December holiday, I would have to hire a car so that I would move around. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm just not going to manage. And, and in Joburg, do you still have extended family together? Or is, is, is that the concept of a homestead or? Now that's where the problem is. Yeah. In, in in Johannesburg, everybody does his own thing and they don't care about each other. Mm. But when they come back to KZN on Pumalanga, they then act as a unity, act as if there's unity. And then you're like, okay, but when we, in Soweto, this thing is not happening. We don't visit each other ever. I mean, you'll find that all of us, we are in Soweto, just mm. different uh, sections. Right. But we don't visit yeah. each other. But when we go back to Mpumalanga or either KZN, then we act like, <laughs> last week I saw you. Or else it was, <laughs> the last time I saw you, it was same here in KZN on Mpumalanga. So, yeah. Uh, what I do want to ask you, the two actually questions that I want to ask you before I let you go. Mm-hmm. The one is... In a, in a way, you've, you want to give back to society as well. And you mm-hmm. have kind of adopted, as it were, as somebody that you can help. Can you tell me that story? You know, I did like the African kind of arrangement of adoption. So I have a soccer team. Uh, I started it when I was 16. So with, with dealing with the uh, young boys from age of 11 to 17, and then I saw there was one boy who was um nine at the time. And then, so when kids are talking, you know, they're talking about my mom, this, my mom, that, my dad, this, my dad, that. And this one was always quiet. He, he will always say, my aunt, my... And then I, and I, I, I then sort of like, and then I went to him, I said, what's happening? I said, no, my, my father was this person, but he, he died like a few years back. And then my mom died when I was two. Oh, and then I said... 
your father was this person. I know that guy. Because of that guy who was a Shabalala as well. Okay. Or still is, even though he's normal. So I then said, okay, let me just take this boy. From the age of 11, now he's doing metric. Hmm. And, um, yeah. And after metric? After metric, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see how, how it goes. If we, if, if, you know, we get funding, I don't want him to follow my footstep whereby you want to be an accountant, then you get to UJ, you attend for a week, and then they ask you for registration. You don't have registration. Was that your, um, kind of holding back in terms of studying yeah, further? Yeah, I would, uh, if, if I had that money, if I. Would you go back to accountants? Now, no. No. You settled. Now, no. But that, it was financial. The reason you couldn't continue studying was financial. It was finances. So, yeah, I attended UJ. I, I, actually, I'm proud of myself. I, I, I normally tell people, I say, look at, you know what? I was actually the, the, the ideal candidate to, 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 to study, uh, uh, BCom. I was not one of those that they said, ah, with your passing score, ah, man, maybe you, we can try with you with that diploma right. somewhere there. So you, you achieved well. So, uh, I did very well in high school. Um, so, and uh, clearly, I mean, you are extremely bright. And I'm kind. one of those guys that you can just tell me something, then I'll remember. do it. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm not sure if I've got this right, so please forgive me if I'm wrong. Okay. But I think you once said to me you did a little bit of modelling. Yes, I did. Oh, good. I, I did. I, I thought. I thought. I wasn't sure if I was imagining it because when I look at you, I think you've got. You should be on TV. I think radio, in a way, is absolutely wasted. I did actually. I I, I did modelling. As well as um, those, uh, what's this thing? Sort of like acting. Okay. But with me, my problem was that I always had an, a, a hectic schedule on weekends. And all those things, they needed to be done uh, on weekends. So with those short movies, short what, what, they need to be done on weekend. Now, I've got a soccer team. I've got this. I've got that. So... And at an early age, I was a chairman of an association. So it was one of those things. So I couldn't continue with it. And one of the pers- people that actually now are on screen, yes. it is um, Ringo Madlingo's son. Yes. I was doing all those things with oh, him. Oh, unbelievable. Okay, well, there, there are a lot of unfinished work maybe for, for you, Tabo, but I'd like to say thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. My show, and um, I'm pleased I've got to know you a little bit better. So is that and again, <laughs> Thank you very and much. And again, Tabo, thank you so much for all the things that you do, from the Skypes to the controlling where nobody else can to everything. I really appreciate it. Thank you. That was Tabo Mlangeni, soon to be Tabo Chavalala.